Diablo Bang. That was perfect. That was perfect? Yeah, you should return to your laying position where the microphone lays between your bosom. <laughs> It'd only be fitting for, for, for this episode. episode. Speaking of which, I guess we're all please rise. How was your night? Jugs all over. Jugsy house. Uh, yeah, so, uh, Ashley, I know you had a good day. But did you have a good night? Court! Yes, finally. It only took us one season and three episodes to get it. I got you. Got you. Got you like Mary Joe. What, like someone got Mary Joe? You got me like that bra barely held this thing together. Holy Lord. Clutching. So, yeah. Uh, this is going to, unfortunately, this is just a two hander. Ew. Over the shoulder two hander holder. Well, I thought I was just going to say, maybe a two hander episode, but it sure requires four hands That's to take hold a, it all. A third. So, uh, if you can't tell, <laughs> we're all please rising. <laughs> For hey, what? We're all please rising. No, I don't like the connotation of that. What? We're all aroused. We're all arised. <laughs> We're all currently arised, and you would be too if you saw episode four of Night Court. I'm pregnant and jealous. <laughs> <laughs> tits were the size of my stomach, which is big. And you have two of them. <laughs> Stomachs? Two, two like giant. Oh, I was like, I've got two chins. <laughs> I don't have two stomachs. <laughs> so, yes, if you can't tell, this uh, is we're doing episode four of Night Court called Pick a Number. Pick a Number. And the number is two because there's only two of us today, unfortunately. And there are only two boobs that matter in this episode. Yes, and that's you and I. <laughs> Hans is flying solo. I was going to say Dan and Bull. <laughs> hey. Um,. So yeah, we're doing uh, episode four of Night Court. Uh, well, it's just A.L. Gehring yeah. and and our our honorable Hots Casey Daryl Van Heel. Uh, and Hotsy's going to do a solo add in, or we're doing. I'm sure he probably cut us off already. Yeah, of he course. was just like, "Oh, they're done." They've had enough talk. They've I don't. Spoken I too also. Much. I don't. All right, stop. That's enough. Uh, that's enough out of these two. Uh, let me uh, add a little pimentiliento. Into this episode here, I've heard enough. Uh, no, I'm 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 kidding. She just left me an opening. Um, what I will say is that I've personally perused the episode, and you are all in for some treats. It's a great episode. Great job, Casey Nash. I feel like I'm momming you guys as we mom the episodes, but I am extremely jealous that I wasn't there because you guys are rocking the boob jokes. You're rocking the boners slash buns jokes. Uh, there's <laughs> needles and in, in peenies and peenies. Uh, and then my favorite is, uh, and I guess I'll, I'll hit it a little more on the end. Um, cause you guys kill this episode. I'll, I'll add a gavel bang, a, a thing or here to there. Um, but, uh, there is a joke at my expense that falls horribly flat because Casey doesn't give it to Ash. Or he didn't hear or something. And Ash, you are living in my world for about a minute. Because you say this joke. It's 
at someone's expense could have hurt their feelings, which it didn't. It was actually a good joke, but it just gets left out to dry. So then you get left out to dry in your own head. Like, wait a minute. Does that just make, did I just, did I just say something racist? Usually with me, it's, did I just say something racist and, and it wasn't funny? So it's just racist? Um, that was uh, the sweetest moment of the episode for me. Um, and I loved it, Ash. And you got, you got put out on the line, baby. Um, so yeah, here we go. I have my headphones on, which is great because I'm just like chilling like a villain on the couch. Yeah. But my levels, Hansi, I'm so sorry. I'm You're okay. gonna I'm be all over the right. place. Keep an um, eye. But as we said, this is uh, thank you for listening. This is Have a Good Night Court, season two, episode four. Pick as a I number. Pick a number. Uh, the show description is Judge Harry Stone, <laughs> Harry Anderson, is handed a lottery ticket worth $3 million and is expected to find a worthy recipient. When word leaks out, his courtroom becomes inundated with liars and cheats, all vying for the money. I will say also, Hans usually reads the descriptions and I believe that he reads them on IMDb. Yeah. So they're a little shorter. I do not like these descriptions. These are Amazon because yeah. that's what we watch it on. Yeah. And it's a little too much. Like, literally, that's the whole thing. They did not bury the lead. No. So that's the episode. Let's get started. The night is young for weirdos. Do you want to be over with no, already? No, I'm kidding. No, I'm, I just don't like those descriptions because for a sitcom, it's like there's like 25 minutes. You just summed it all up. Yeah. Um, yeah, let's get started. Let's where do we in. where do we start the ep case? As per any episode we're checking out a night court, it starts in the cafeteria. That'll do ya. That'll do ya. And uh Harry and company are currently sitting at the table enjoying their their tray of slop when uh Bull saddles up to the table with a heaping helping of food. Oh that was I a if, mountain. If they did not do it purposefully they did it subconsciously. That was an absolute nod yeah. to Belushi and Animal House. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like the tray literally looked the he exact just, same. You know, he drops it from about just half a, complete, a foot above the table. Uh, you know, a complete cartoon caricature version of a, a fat man's tray. Right. Just plate upon plate upon plate. Like, I think it, there there was like an empty glass on it too, which I didn't get. I was just he, like, "Well, that's just trash." He's gonna eat that. He's a Billy Goat. Yeah, no, there was nothing in it. Um, or- uh, so I do you want to say? I mean, we may be getting a little ahead, ahead of ourselves, but is this a return to form for Bull, the classic Bull? Like it was the Bull. I th- I don't. I'm not gonna say it's a return to form because you said it. I completely agree with your stance. In that, that is a split white writer's room on yeah. that character. Um, so I don't think it's a return. I just think we got a good one. We got someone from the bull camp. Yeah. Um, a pro bull. Because, and I don't want to, I don't want to give it away too early. But it's a return to a joke that we liked from season one that they did one time. Yeah. So Love that's, it. again, I think it just, the, the scripts made it. Made its way around a writer's room and someone went, oh, damn, I forgot about this gag. Yeah. To which I guess we might as well just get into it. Yeah, let's get into it. Um, also, you know what I find really funny? Yeah. I, I did not know this word. I didn't either. Um, It is a legitimate word. I Googled it after we watched the episode. Yeah. So as we mentioned, Bull does the full Belushi Animal House. 
where he drops a huge heap and helping of food, as Ashley said, an empty glass, a couple tin cans, Christmas lights. It's absurd. Um, but he's sad. He's got a hangdog hang dog face on that he's old got bowl. The, he's got the... <sighs> the heavy breath. The please ask me how I'm doing. Heavy sigh. To which... His re- do they ask if he's depressed yeah, or does like, he fully hey, what's admit? what's the matter? You seem a little down. And essentially, Bull's problem is that his word of the word of the day. I don't think it's word of the day. Can I you think say word like, of the month? Like yeah, it was I a think it's jelly club. Yeah, it's word of the month. He. I mean, if they're these twenty dollar words, it would take a month to shoehorn yeah, it in. Yeah, it can't be a word of the day. Um, but no, his word of the month he couldn't really use. He hasn't had an opportunity to use in normal conversation. Mm-hmm. They're like, "What? What is it?" And it's pentimento. Pentimento, which is spelled P-E-N-T, but I was writing it down as P-I-N-T because I don't know if it was. So it was like pentimento. That's what I literally was yeah. like. I'm so confused. Um, and I guess I missed the correct spelling on the closed captioning because I was writing. Um, but I have the definition right here. Mm-hmm. It's an alteration in a painting evidenced by traces of previous work showing that the artist has changed his or her mind as to the composition during the process of the painting. I see. Now, that is not the definition that he gave. That he gave. So what I'm going to say, because we didn't go back, is that take away the art yeah, aspect. It was, it was a, it's essentially a the same. The presence or emergence of earlier images, forms, or strokes that have been changed or painted over. Gotcha. So what they didn't do, check you, writer's room, Yeah. is actually use it correctly the whole episode because it is in direct reference to painting. Yeah. However, that's not how it's used mm-hmm. in the episode. Pentimento. The vi- Pentimento. Pentimento. So it was just the... You still being able to see choices they made prior, despite laying on. Yes, the presence of the past, if gotcha. you will, to to dan it down. To dan it, yeah. Um, did you see what I did there? You got to dan it down. Got to dan it down. Oh my! I'm going to use that all the Do time it. now. That just pops into my head. So anyway, Dan does dan it down for yeah. us and says, you know, it's about the the brown shadow where hair once was on your yeah. head and. Bull's like, oh, you know, it, th- um, they have a little goofball moment together. We did, we did. I, I don't want to breeze past it because I, I would like, I like to give Harry credit because I tear him down so often. I would like to, after Bull mentioned why he's depressed, is that he cannot use his, uh, his word of the month, Pentimento, in in polite conversation because he's like, no one wants to talk to me. Harry immediately pivots to Mac and goes, "How about them jets?" Really? Yeah. Uh, you know what? I swear to God, I missed that. That's yeah. that's a good one. And then he kicked. And then that's when Dan admits the pentimento thing. Got it. About uh oh, like the brown spot on the top of your head where your hair used to be. Yeah. Cool. Okay, I like that. I missed it, uh, or I, I didn't register it. And then we pivot into well, Billy. Oh yeah, Billy's reading the paper. And let me say. Better, Billy. We're getting yes, better. Yes. But Lord have mercy, we're trying too hard. Yeah, I'm still not 
won she hasn't won me over yet. She's fine. Like I've, she's just they should just call her me, Billy Exposition. It's it seems to me that as her hair gets spikier, her personality gets more subdued. So maybe next week she'll look like Bart or Lisa Simpson right. and we'll be good. Yeah. Um, so but yeah, who knows? we see Billy for this episode and she gives us the, basically, as you know from the description, she goes, wow, that $3 million <laughs> hasn't been claimed yet. Who wouldn't do this? Like, she's a little yeah. bit, she's a little bit bothered by it. Like who wouldn't do that? My, my levels are they wrong? No, you're fine. Um, you know, who, ha- who wouldn't claim it? What are the reasons? Like, why would anybody do that? Mac, Mac, balls out Mac yeah. just goes Murder. Right, he says, uh, murder. People will take a hat pin to the ear for less. But people will put a hat pin yeah. in your ear for a whole lot less. For a whole lot less, Which, yeah. honestly, amazing. Thank you, 80s. The hat pins are still around. And you know what? Yeah. That's so funny, because I was like, the only time I ever hear about hat pins is literally when we're listening to an episode of The Dollop. Yes, that's immediately what I thought of. Really? Was the hat pin. The hat pin when they were yeah. doing all those episodes. The hat stuff. pin episode yeah. where they, women had the long but iron hat pins basically to stab like gawkers. I also realized that yet another just a New Yorky moment, even in the 80s, but even today, you could technically make that joke because New York City and the Derby mm-hmm. are the only places where ladies wear those huge ass hats still yeah and it's a sign of like snobbiness sure or yeah you know not to them so to me it's snobby right or even anywhere like the the church crown but it was it was just a very quintessential new york moment like once i realized like oh yeah ladies who lunch wear hats like and hat pins are still a to-do but no uh matt taking us to the streets yep Always love it, and then comes in Mary Joe, Mary Joe, Mary and Joe, and the lady carrying them both. <laughs> um, so Selma, then after their conversation about the unclaimed ticket, enters and says, "I'd like you all to meet Mary Joe Martin." Mary Joe Martin, she's. I have the line that Dan says. I don't know the transition. To his line. Oh, no. I think Selma walks to the table. Mm -hmm. So Selma and Mary Jo are standing. Yeah. Mary Jo is standing next to Dan. And it just so happens that Dan's eye level is right with Mary Jo's bosom. Oh, yes. Which is very voluptuous. Yes. Um, and she, super, super tiny waist. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So there, there is no segue in terms of the lines. Am no. I too loud? No, no. Okay. I'm going to interrupt you every time you do that. So just let me know. Um, so I think there's no, there's no segue that they do with lines. Selma comes in and says, this is Mary Jo. She approaches, mm-hmm. ends up standing right by Dan, and then Dan goes, they're here. Yeah, and it's a tight shot on Dan and it's Dan's just face her, and her bosom, breasts. pretty much. Um, and obviously the they're here, total 80s reference, poltergeist. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, Mary Jo, the actress's name is Jennifer Richards, 
and uh, I checked out her IMDb, and it would appear that she is a character actress, or actresses, um, because she honestly, it's a rather short list, but it's all bosom-related roles. Oh, so what you're saying, they're real. They have to be, or she has the persona of someone with a big bosom. Like, she's a big bosom actress without them. No, they Holy have to shit. be real. Got it. Okay. Because uh, I looked. Hot damn. Yeah. Are they? Well, I don't know if you know. I don't know if they're fake. I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't know from seeing it, but I think they're real. I think she's just like that old school throwback. Like a dolly. Like a dolly. Yeah, totally. Like, because she's a cute lady. It wouldn't go so far as to say like she's a bot. Like, she's got the squeaky high voice, like. And looking at her IMDb... Her voice is like nails on a motherfucking chalkboard. Um, she did... Well, I wrote down a few notes. Um, because I was like, maybe I know her. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, you see all these people in... <laughs> no, like, you know, like, what we have you another... You saw the bosom shot. You're like, maybe... Have I met her before? No, but you see that, like, I'm not going full Carla B. Because I couldn't pick it out. I don't know. But I was like, perhaps she's another... Carla B-esque actress who's been in a lot of stuff. She has not. She's in a lot of Rodney Dangerfield specials that all have double entendres toward, like, Rodney Dangerfield's really big show. Oh my god. Her tits are as big as his face. Um, So she, uh, there's a movie that we may have to do a, a toilet tapes for, much like we did uh, the Black SS, the Black Gestapo. It's called COD. Like C dot O dot C dot O dot D. And it's about a uh, like down on his luck advertising hold guy. On, hold on. Oh, I was going to say something vulgar. So I got to think of another word for C. Oh, oh don't worry. Because uh, he uh, a down on his luck advertising agent works for the what was it called? Oh, the Beaver Bra Company. I was literally going to say cunts on demand. Yeah, it could be. They C didn't dot o specify. Dot I don't know if there's a lot of bush in this movie, but there's a lot of boobs because it has to do with him beaver. finding uh, like the five bustiest women and revitalizing a uh, Brock, the beaver Brocco. Oh, God. Uh, Stop it. And then later in her career, she played the painted dancer in an episode of Star Trek The Next Generation. Oh, yeah, she did. Yeah. Oh, man. So they have to be real if in her if late 40s, they literally just cover her with paint and make her a sex object in a Star Trek episode. Yeah. Without a doubt. They're so, definite. Okay. That's Jennifer Richards and her her talents. I definitely, I will say, I thought this was a stuffed bra moment because that woman, like, Hats off to her. I don't know if they're natural, if they've been enhanced. Doesn't really matter. Uh, bravo to her back because her waist yeah. is small. Like, she is that actual Jessica Rabbit form. Yeah, weird, old school, like, ideal. super, super thin waist. Like, like big, bouffant, blue hair. Or not blue hair, blonde hair. Yeah. You know, and then just... All chest, I mean, tiny waist, is tiny hips. Everywhere but her bust is so petite. Yeah. That 
that's why I thought those can't possibly be real because of the amount of back problems she would actually in reality have. Right. Well, we could go back to the episode previous, prior, the season finale of, of season one. It may have been much the way the guy's chet, his uh, pants bulge was augmented. Right. She may be a very I don't busty know. It seems woman, like... but they may have amped it amped it up for the sake of jokes but i'm just saying uh, most of her imdb involves like something to do with like she's a sexy woman she was an episode of mama's family and they had a picture totally the same thing like that tight sweater a little v cut total dolly parton give her a red wig and put her in a peg bundy outfit and casey your day would be made horny this show makes me horny Ew, go watch Dr. <laughs> Alien in your room. Uh, so, yeah, we, we've had enough aside uh, on Jennifer Richards. But, yeah, Dan enjoys her physical endowments as well. And, and Selma basically informs him she's here to kind of shadow and learn yeah. from you, Dan. Yeah. So Dan's just happy as a, a pig in... A boob shop. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and they do have a, a good, so he... Selma does the sit. Sit, stay. Good boy. Good boy. Yeah, she treats him like a dog, which is hilarious. And then we're at the intro. Credits. Yeah. Nothing uh, really. No, and then when we come back, we, we pick up where we left off. We're in the courtroom. Yeah. Uh, Mary Jo is sitting at the, the at uh, DA's chair. table. And then Dan is luxuriously laying on it. Oh, it's so wonderful. Very decadently uh, inviting Mary Jo over to his apartment to look at his Ansel Adams prints. Which I didn't know that reference. Yep. I did not get pentamim ten 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 No. But Ansel uh, but Adams. But Dan's like, would you like to come over tonight after court and look at my Ansel Adams prints? To which her response was. She was like, oh, yeah. And she looked confused. And he was like, you know who that is, right? She was like, yeah, second president of the United States, right? I mean, even for a dumb answer, that's pretty smart. I don't know if we could ask anyone on the street who well, the second president hold was. It, but that's, that's the funny part, because I literally thought that as well. I was just like, oh, like, yeah, she's stupid. She doesn't know who Ansel Adams is. But she knows John but Adams honestly, is. that's not, I know it, because yeah. I went, I... You know, I'm not an artist artist in that sense, but I know a lot of artists. You went to art school. You know that. But yeah. if my mother didn't know who Ansel Adams was, I would not be like, Mom, you're such a fucking dumbass. Uh, but that's the thing about Ansel Adams. If you've ever been to an optometrist or a dentist in the late 80s, 90s, I feel like there's <laughs> been an Ansel Adams print. And every single one of them in big block letters says Ansel fucking Adams. That's hysterical. Okay. Yeah, I see, I see you there. But yeah, like I would say that if my mom. But this is pre that. I would say that if my mother thought Ansel Adams was John Adams. Yeah. Maybe that That's a dumb moment. If I wasn't but in love with went... Mary Jo, I am now. She's a president gal. So, but yeah, and Hans, what do you think yeah. Hans is doing right now? Changing his drawers. Yeah, that's exactly what he, he's pausing and going into another room. <laughs> that's what he's doing. That man's on vacation with his wife. Put it down, Hans. Pause the episode now. Kick Rudy out of the room. 
Hangzi is horny for President Lady. Um, but no. I thought it was funny. I thought if you Billy on the streeted. Oh like, yeah, yeah. Who's who was the second president, or who is literally who is John Adams? I there would be a lot of answers that would piss you off. Yeah, because even my like, well, the HBO miniseries that is almost as obscure as just regular John Adams. No, literally, to most you people. and I are the only two people that know that. Because yeah. every time I reference that, like the HBO show, everybody's like, what? There are five people who know about it. Me, you, Hans, Tom Hanks, and Paul Giamatti. <laughs> Poor Libby didn't even know what she was doing. She was like, what? Oh, maybe Gummer was a, a daughter. That's not on her resume. I'm sure it was. It now was she's already, she's big. She's in the big times. That was, anyways, enough about John Adams. He got enough screen time today. Um, yeah, so now we, we get into the case. Yeah. And I forget what the case is. I, do, I know his name because I thought it was going to be the case of the week. So his name is Otis Weaver. Uh, uh, yeah, he we did something. Th- I will say this episode did have the most shit ton of cases. cases. So shit I, ton I, of I cases. cannot remember what the case was, but I do know it was very banal. Oh, yeah. It's up there, Mac. It, you it know, it's standard. Weird, it, like, it had its, like, weird New York-y Because combo. the joke is, Dan, as everybody's doing their job, Dan is still flirting with Mary Jo, which set Selma off like a fucking rocket. You thought she was a firecracker before. She is Dan a was little pimple. In her so she, she has already in the cafeteria gone yeah. to Dan it the joke landed, but she was serious. It wasn't like sit, poo boo, sit, good dog. She was like sit, mm-hmm. stay, good boy. Like she, it was direct. Yeah, she was not having. So she's fun already this week. done that. Um. So they're going through the and the defense presents their very small case. It had to do with like breaking and entering or something, and the def- you know Billy is defending her her guy and dan is still fucking around trying to seduce mary joe and that's when selma beelines for uh dan and she just dresses him down yeah like makes loudly him... not even like a, yeah. a whisper she makes a point to humiliate dan in front of the gallows she was like essentially like i didn't write down the direct line but she was like the new case is here everybody's up and doing their jobs, and we are waiting on you. Like, pretty mm-hmm. much. Pretty much, yeah. Not verbatim. And so Dan scrambles, embarrassed. Yeah. Uh, nails his delivery, though. Oh, totally. And then says very loudly, and that's why the Bill of Rights is sacred to me. I yeah. loved it. Such Which a is funny, because then when he gets up to the front, he's like, sorry, Judge, we are talking about the Constitution. Yes, so good. Uh, and then, as all of this is happening... We get interrupted. We do get interrupted. Leo Baldessare. Leo Baldessare. Famous... Well, I don't know how famous, but, like, well-known character actor by the name of Sidney Lassick. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. See, I did not recognize him. You you had an audible. Yeah, I did, yeah. You were like, whoa! And I was he, like, I don't know. His biggest role that I know is he played Cheswick... In One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Holy shit, did he? Yeah. 
huh. Did you recognize him from that? Oh, yeah, totally. His voice, he has a very soft... See, I... No, I didn't. And I still... Like, I believe you. And that's crazy. But no, I still am not like, oh, yeah, that guy. No, he's just... Like, Cheswick is such a great... Like, that whole movie is sad. But that guy... Sidney Lasek kills it as Cheswick in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Um, But he was also... Uh, Roscoe, the next door neighbor, in <laughs> Cool as Ice. What the, the fuck is that? That was, if you've never, have you seen Purple Rain? No. Well, basically, Vanilla Ice almost shot for shot ripped off Princess Purple Rain and called it Cool as Ice. It's the same movie, except almost a decade apart. Stop. It, it's the same story, like cool like hip hoppy performance performer guy tries to make good gets the girl she bucks he wins her over it's the same movie except one is good it's prince and one is so i will say it's stylistically worth watching because it is so early 90s it's insane i got so mad at vanilla ice when i was little because, like, I didn't mind the songs. Like, obviously, they weren't my jam. But I had a dog named Vanilla after the flavor. And yes. I got my dog literally within a year of him getting popular. And so every single person, for years, Casey, for oh, years yeah. when we said our dog was named Vanilla, they thought that I named her after Vanilla Ice. And they're like, Ice, Ice, doggy. I feel your pain. I was so... in Casey, imagine just tiny me. Sure. So mad. Of course. I feel your pain. It was so frustrating. I'm like, he's a buffoon. We had a family dog named China after the country of origin of the dog. And everyone's like, oh, like that wrestler. Right. Okay, but also... I would have said that to you, too. Sure. Because you guys liked wrestling. Do I look like I liked Vanilla Ice? Kinda. Too legit to fuck off. I saw that glamour shot. That was not me. That was too legit. That was Don't quit. You should have never quit. I'm sorry. Real quick. Too legit to quit is not Vanilla Ice. Come on, guys. Know your hip-hop history. You ain't street. If you think that that beat... It's from the Ice Man and not the Hammer Dung. Uh, was that spicy? The last part? I don't know where it came from. Uh, leather jacket, little biker hat. Anyway, so uh, Sidney Lasik, who plays Leo, approaches the bench and interrupts the court. Yeah, he basically says, like, I'm really sorry to interrupt. Judge, I need to speak with you. I, it is urgent yeah and he he says that he's been watching judge harry all week long he's been in court observing and harry is sort of like okay fine that doesn't matter you're interrupting my court but the way he you know sort of gains control of the conversation is he says i'm the man with the lotto ticket yeah i have the three million dollar lottery ticket um and then, uh, do we go to commercial? Because then we're no, it's no, a really it's still there. <laughs> Max got a moment, and okay. we gotta we gotta hit it because I love it. So he's like, 
I have the three million dollar lottery ticket. Harry goes, it, it's something to the degree of are you serious? Like, are you kidding? Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. Leo goes, in a word, yes. Matt goes, in two words, holy. Oh, yes, and that's Harry right. And Harry cuts holy. him off and says, 10 minute recess. Mm-hmm. Um, and says, Mac, not a word to anyone. Yep, that's right. And, and Mac's like, okay, no problem. So Harry and Leo leave. Go to, to go judges chambers. In chambers about this. Um, Billy and Dan immediately approach Mac and say, "Like, what, what was that yeah. about? What happened? Why did they leave?" Nothing short of a bomb scare shuts this courtroom down there. Yeah, fast. exactly. Mac goes, "Well, if you guys are going to badger me, and then oh, yeah. I'm sure it's commercial break." Yep. And now we cut to chambers. Chambers. Yep. And it's just Harry and Leo. Mm-hmm. And and essentially, we we can tell that they've been discussing this for a few minutes. Yeah, like yeah. we're we're kind of mid conversation. Yeah, they've clearly exchanged pleasantries, and now they're in the nitty gritty of the conversation. And Leo basically tells Judge Harry again, "I've been watching you all week. You you deal with the strangest case. It's a okay. little. It's like it's it's literally." Did you Judge can't. Harry write the lines for this show? That's it's so self-aggrandizing. Oh my god, we have one fucking episode where we get away from some bimbo fawning over Harry, and now it's a man doing it. I wrote the line down, yeah. Casey. Oh, you got do it. you okay. want to know what Leo's line was? I would was? love to. Fucking verbatim. Can you do it in his voice, though? No. I can't either. Can you? I was like, I'll give it to you to read. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Well, I can't do it. I, I don't if Hans can do it, voice. he should do it now. Mrs. Rat, can I have my cigarettes? Can I have my cigarettes, Mrs. Ratchet? He was just about the wisest man I've ever seen. My cigarettes, Miss Ratchet, give me my cigarettes. That made me so mad. I vomited in my mouth. It made me so mad. Where? Okay. So old night court writers. They that fucking are never love Harry. To this. Like, what contract? Did Harry Anderson That's have... the thing. Again, I, I, I will always go back I to know. it. You and Hans defend Harry Anderson, the actor. Because he doesn't have an, like he doesn't have the clout. Like, if this was Jerry Seinfeld in this role, I'd be like, yeah, fuck, Jerry Seinfeld used his muscle to just look and got so good. All the fucking girls. But I don't think like I could be wrong. Maybe we need to do more research as we to like how much research. Ho- how many or Weegee has a hard on for Anderson. Oh uh, yeah, I don't like they definitely because they don't like literally in TV shows. I'm saying literally way too much today. In TV shows, later down the line, like even like I'm thinking of who are the hot the hot characters you know like you have hot for hot sake like like uncle jesse in full house right like a john stamos yeah who are the character is if you had three sentences to describe him like the hot guy like so references are made fewer references are made to those characters than are to harry stone that's true like the hunks like yeah even cheesy show like i mean fucking baywatch has less references to the hotness of their characters than if david hasselhoff can't get that type of coverage on baywatch for himself yeah fucking 
Aaron, this is when when the hell was Miami Vice out? Don Johnson was working at this time, people. He just, but that's the thing. He didn't need it. You knew. God, Don Johnson did. You knew. Mm, I love me some Don. I Johnson. wish. I wish there were lines in Miami Vice where Tubbs was like, "You're just the most handsome partner a guy could have." <laughs> Most honest, most even key. Like, you'd be like, bullshit. Fuck this. No, but seriously. I'm totally. Oh, no, that true. line happened, and I see. We were across the room from each other, but I looked at you, and I just rolled. There was my a eyes. groan. Like, our neighbors banged on the wall because we groaned so loud. Um, so, yeah, basically, Leo. Be, like Harry's, Has been watching Harry and really yeah. respects him because he's just the wisest yeah. man he's ever seen. And Leo doesn't want the money because money makes people unhappy. I'm happy with what I have. Yes. What did I say he out loud? He doesn't look like he should be happy with it. Selma makes a joke to that. Oh, it's a great and it's Selma a fucking weird great joke. joke later. But here's my thing. Writer's room. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of problems with the writer's room on this one. Yeah. The only problem that I didn't have was that Someone was there on both side. Yeah. They wrote I will say, very well. if I mean, I don't think you'd be listening to this if you hadn't watched the episode, but let's say you have not. The actor, Sidney Lasik, looks like a Muppet made flesh. Like, yeah. he's got, he's just a perfectly round, bald head. He's got like a crooked, his mouth would be like a squiggly line. And he just have little tufts of hair and crooked. Yeah, glasses. he's bald. It's it's that period in the eighties too where bald guys kept their hair, so it's completely bald except for that tiny little tip at the top. And he's kind of got has like, like four pieces, a soft, like not a lilt, but he's got a soft kind of like a baby's voice. Yeah, and he wears not like, like they, that though. They but... trench coat him up and stuff. He he looks like the human version of the penguin. Yes, but without a commanding voice. Yeah. Um, so he's just like a, a walking, odd-looking cartoon character, which I think punches up that joke. It's like, Jesus Christ, if anyone could deserve $3 million, it's... It's fucking this guy. It's this weird guy who looks like but he crawled out of a sewer. here's my thing. Here's my problem. And obviously, this is an 80s sitcom. We're not going to get Wait, it is? I couldn't tell by the all of the giant jugs jokes. <laughs> We're not going to... Well, it also could be any day at this apartment. Um, ew. Ashley, put your top back on, please. <laughs> We're trying to podcast. There you go. Um. Oh damn it! I lost my C because you're too busy taking your bra off. <laughs> Stop! I really have the desire to go. I'm not doing that, just so everybody knows. Ashley, stop um, slapping your big boobs. Quit it. God, stop. Because <laughs> <laughs> then I'm gonna say something like, "It's the what shuts down the room." I'm like, stop. Taking down your pants and jerking off to Dr. Alien and getting it all over the floor. <laughs> right. You just reveal something like, stop. That time I caught you masturbating to something embarrassing that you didn't know I saw you doing. Delete so, your search history, stop, you creep. Stop putting your finger in your butt. Um. Stop, stop asking me to do things I'm kind of uncomfortable to do. Yeah, safe words. Vanilla. Vanilla. Ice. Ice. <laughs> oh my god it's uh, so good. hold on i was gonna say oh here's my problem if you're happy with what you got why'd you play the fucking lottery that's right i didn't write 
Because I was like, that's the funniest thing. I was thing. waiting for it. I was like, it must be maybe like his wife just died and he no. plays it for her. Like, or a cousin gave it to me who was sick or something. I thought that oh, it, yeah. it must come out because what a fucking plot hole. Totally. I gave I give it to you. The guy who played the lottery. Because I laughed. Doesn't want the lottery. I laughed audibly at your comment. <laughs> I got mad. I Because you were like, the then TV. why do you play the fucking lottery? And I was like, oh shit, she's right. <laughs> Like what happy person plays the lottery? I'm, I'm happy, happy with what I'm happy. Do you know how much money people like in New York like Oh yeah. Holy lord. And three million dollars in the eighties, that's a huge pot for like the New York lottery. But now it yeah. gets into like like seven it was like seventy million that one time. Mm-hmm. I no will say being for... from a, a small midwestern town. Lottery is very much a part of just daily life. Yeah, but you don't fucking ow. You don't do it. No, I. I mean, if maybe you don't want it, the sheer amount of people in New York, I just felt it. New York people like it's just part of everyday life. Lottery, play the lotto. You see I people mean, you never expect, and they're like, "Do you buy a lotto ticket today?" I was like, "No, yeah, I never bought a lottery most, ticket." So, tea for time. Just so everybody is clear. The absolute worst time to play the lottery is when the pot gets like astronomically big. Yeah. Because you know why? That's when everybody that normally doesn't play the lottery goes, well, what the fuck? It's at 70 million. And that's when people that you work with go like, hey, do you all want to chip in and get a few tickets and so on and so forth and yada, yada, yada. That's when that happens. So the best time people to play the lottery is literally the day or two days after a huge pot gets, you know, get mm-hmm. gets claimed. Thanks, Doctor Teacher. Because well, no, I know it's I'm sheer you. mathematics and odds. And in New York, it's still hard because think of the vast amount of people. But if you're like in sure. a water town or something like that, and it's a smaller lottery, so it's a, a lesser payoff. But still, you're also competing with less people. Mm-hmm. There is a good shot the day after a big pot gets one that th- that's the day you buy a ticket. Yeah. Rant over. But Rant over. Leo, if you're so happy. So we're not going to get the South the Dakota State lottery? lottery to back this podcast? We should. Powerball presents Have a Good Night Court. Buy a ticket. Don't forget. Have a Good Night Court brought to you by Lake Stop. Play some, <laughs> come in, play some Keno, have a beer, and get the best chicken you've ever had. Uh, So, yeah, no, I, yeah, back to, to finish that point, like, I agree. Why is the happiest man on the planet buying lottery tickets? Yeah, who the fuck Spend knows? that 10 bucks on a, a, a arcade game. So. Or something. You know, buy yeah. some flowers. So. Then we get to a good, you know, a decent but but done night court bit, and Harry mm-hmm. essentially is like, "Okay, Leo, if this is if this is true, because Leo basically is like, Harry, I want you to have the ticket. I'm not going to give you the money. It's not so you can have three million dollars. I want you to pick a yeah. person that comes into your courtroom that you think needs it to give mm-hmm. that ticket to." Right. Oh, I also I have a note. To go back, we did rant. It's a hairy jerk off session, but the writers did give themselves a slight out because he gives Leo gives that speech and he's like, "You're the wisest man in the world," but I don't get out much. I know. I wrote that down. And I chose not to say it. <laughs> I saw it. And I was like, I, I have to. I'd be remiss if I didn't do it. But 
yeah, so they they do do a joke. You're the wisest man. Yeah. Of course, I don't get out much. But still, he he's bequeathed three million dollars because he's the wisest yeah. man. Um. So basically, Harry's like, you know, if this is true, and you really do have this ticket, and what you're asking me is real, like the first thing we have to do before I decide what I'm going to do, regardless, is like you can't make sure that you don't go around telling people because you have no idea. The kind of crazies that are going right. to come out. Leo, if, you've never seen the gallows. If they, if, and, and you know what? And how? I don't think I had either until no, today. This is Jesus, you hang them high I'm with sure the gallows this episode. About that. But he, he, so he basically says, you have no idea, like the crazies that'll come out if people find out that you have a three million dollar ticket. And yeah. then Dan bursts in with Mac, Billy, Bull, yeah. Selma, the the gang, the whole and goes, gang. Where's the where's the geek with the three million? Yeah. Where's the geek with the three mil? Which was a good joke. But I have a real quick one. <laughs> Sounded weird. Um I wondered to myself, because I do not play the lottery, I was like, well, it's been reported in the paper mm-hmm. that a ticket was sold. No one's claimed. Oh, yeah. Come forth with the claim. Like, what's the protocol for the... What's the protocol? Did you know? And it depends on what the year is, what the lotto is, like, if it's Mega Millions or New York Lottery or so So on. So, like, let's hypothetically say... The rules rules vary, but they all lottery tickets have an expiration date. Oh, no shit. I was just going to say, let's hypothetically say this ticket was never found. You and I found it in a jacket today. Yeah. No. Nope. Expired. Yep. We do not have access to that money. Gotcha. And a fun factoid. So I don't know what the expiration date was in the 80s at that time. Mm-hmm. And possibly the law changed and there wasn't. But Casey, just a weird thing to share. Did you know that in 2002, a Mega Millions ticket was sold... For like, it was over 10, it was between 10 and $20 million and it expired. Oh, shit. And it was like basically an aunt that wasn't really paying attention. Like, she just got lottery tickets, like, for the fun of it. Didn't really check them. They found it too late. Oh, Jesus. Like, and this was months later. So the sad aunt? Yeah, sat like a a cousin or a niece, nephew, whatever, found the ticket. They tried to claim it, and they didn't get it because it had expired. Oh, my God. And more recently, it was, I think, within the last three years, similar situation, but someone found it and turned it in literally like less than 48 hours before it expired. Oh, shit. So they got the money. That sad anthem bumps me out because- you can see the story unfold. It's like, damn, this ticket wasn't claimed. They can track it down to the area. And then it's just this family like, oh, my Aunt Patty buys lottery tickets every every month. Damn, we should ask her. Like, she's kind of a kook. And they just did, and it was just expired. Yeah. So it actually uh. has happened. Because I was thinking, I was like, I wonder... Like, if Leo just sits on it mm-hmm. for long, they've already done it in the paper. So it didn't just happen yesterday. Yeah. It's been, like, I would say, gauging a week, and no one's claimed it in a week. So yeah. that's newspaper worthy. So now we're at a week and a day. Like, you know what I'm saying? And so on mm-hmm. and so forth. I was like, 
I just wonder, and yes, they, they do have expirations, and yes, a huge Mega Millions pot has been sold and expired before Shit. someone can claim it. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a bullshit. That hurts. That chaps the hide. Oh my gosh. Can you imagine? I cannot. Um, but I'm sorry. I just thought that was so interesting. Um, so Dan and the gang come in. Mm-hmm. And Dan kind of like is like, you gave it to Harry. And Harry's like, no, no, no. He gave it to me, but he gave it to me to give away. Yeah. And Dan does his schmoozy, may I? He's like, well, let's see if this is real. Dan has a, a, a sullied ticket. Which is hilarious because Dan is like, well, there's a lot of counterfeit tickets out there. It's almost absurd the amount of lottery tickets he pulls out of his pocket. It's so good. Like, he clearly has a stack of at least five to six lottery tickets. Yeah. Well, and I'm assuming that at the time, in the 80s, if the pot got to $3 million in the first place, mm-hmm. that was probably, like, the New York lottery, like, 70 mil equivalent right now. May need to do the research. I'm curious as to what the lottery the tickets lottery, looked like back then. I don't think the lottery got that big back then. Like, it seems like because like we can think about our the like Powerball tickets. They're those little printouts, and it has a barcode and all the numbers on it, and you get like five to ten lines on a ticket. So one ticket's like twenty bucks, but that's you know, five to ten different plays at depending on what you're doing. Back then, it looked like a Metro card. Yeah, it was tiny. Which I it wonder if like it, a, a movie ticket. Stuff. Does it have like punch punch holes in it? No, I think it's the tickets that you do the numbers for. That you pick your numbers. I wonder if like you, you, you go picked to a back store then, or do you just and buy you say, for like the New York lottery? It's not a scratch off. Like right. You say I want. 07, 04, 1981. I like think your birthdays. We should look it up, but I think that is a more recent sell. No. I feel like the 80s no, was just a no. straight up raffle ticket. No. 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 And I know that for a fact because my good old grandma and grandpa Garing were huge lottery people. Right, but that was you 90s. Picked... Uh, no. They died in like ninety one. Right. Um, they were huge lottery people. You picked your numbers, and you got a little slip of paper that li- looked like I. It's amazing to me why people don't lose these all the time. You got a little slip of paper that was like smaller than a gas receipt, mm-hmm. and just as flimsy. It wasn't like a cardboardy. Right, right. I'm just saying these look very sturdy. They did look for sturdy. What they, they looked think more of movie as like... stubby. But I still think that your this was a, a pick your number, which again, then why the fuck are you doing it, Leo? Exactly. That's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. Right. Without the explanation, like you said, had he lost his wife and he always played his wife's birthday and his wife loved to play lotto. Yeah. But that would like then again, he's And now in her memory, life. Harry. Yeah. Give it to someone else. Agreed. That, Agreed. That. Bottle. Rewrite. Rewrite. Hashtag. Um, New York City plot hole. So Dan, also, Dan, clearly, because the lottery's already happened, Dan doesn't wash his suits. No, no. Agreed. 
we're getting some fun insight into Dan's real life this now. This was this was really a really good Dan episode too. Um, so he tries to pull a, a little switcheroo I on Harry the down, Magician. I'm so glad that you used that word because look at my there it is switcheroo. And I could see it coming, and I was like, if there's one person you can't pull a fast one on, it's the fucking magician. So Dan has, like, as we said, he's got this handful of uh, lottery tickets. He's like, I just want to make sure there's a lot of counterfeits floating around. And he gives Harry back a ticket. And Harry's like, ah, 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 ah. And Dan's like, oh. oh. Pardon me. Um, And then Dan again kind of goes back to, like, the, who would give away a $3 million ticket? And Leo says, again, I'm already happy. And Dan has a like, what is this world coming to? Right, exactly. Which, you know what, Dan? I'm with you on this one. Because mm. what is this world coming to? Who the fuck would play, win, and the then happiest go, man in the world, oh, yeah. I'm happy without it. Why is Jesus of Nazareth playing the lottery? Then don't fucking play it. Exactly. Like, I, I don't understand. So, he leaves. Bull goes to Selma. I forget what the, the back and forth that brought oh, us no, there was? No, Bull literally, she walks in, and Bull, like, she, it's it's a funny scene, because she walks in, and they stand very close, and Bull, just looming over her, goes, he's the guy that won $3 million. And so, go for do it. Do you have the line? I do. Oh, do you do it? Yeah, and Selma's she response is straight up, it's just, just classic, it's like, oh, it's close to, if, it, if it was a banana, I'd be dead. <laughs> With that kind of money... You think he could have got himself fixed. She's like, what a shame with yeah. that kind of money he could have had himself fixed. And it was just so, like, jarring. It's just it, a funny I was like, choice of she... words. Yeah, because it means, fixed. Like, neutered? That's exactly. I think it's a double entendre because yeah. fixed could be corrected as in, like, correct the way you look. But then also just, just prevent yourself from multiplying. It, exactly. It was such a you're good such an word ugly choice chud. because it doesn't matter. The joke lands regardless of how you take it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it went two ways. And I love it. it was one of my favorite Selma jokes because of that, because it wasn't the funniest, but it was the most like what the most appropriate word yeah. that could possibly be used to land a joke. Totally. And then everybody clears out, and we get into a really funny, interesting backstory Mac. thing. Hello, Mac. Yeah. So Harry is trying to figure out what to do with this money, and he's talking with Mac, and Mac's like, I'll take it. And and Harry and Billy sort of go, oh, we, we've, we've almost fell for that with the Dan thing. And then Mac eloquently points out, like, I make enough money with the city. I get enough money as a veteran. And you know what? I will say before you before you go into what he finishes off with, I was confused because I was like, oh, oh, Mm -hmm. like, man, like Max, just like, you know, between my army pension and what I get from the city for this job, like I am I am a comfortable man. I was just like, that's like. I, it's a really cool statement. Like, yeah. I certainly wasn't making fun of Mac, but I was like, also a bizarre choice for the writers, given the fact that this is the guy that they're like, he kills and eats chickens with his mm-hmm. bare hands. Yeah. Just very funny. And I did not see a punchline coming. And then. So bravo. For, yeah. For faking me out. Because they said it, like, and he does it, and he sounds very honorable and earnest, which Incredibly he is. Incredibly honorable. And he's like, I should be the one to take this ticket. 
but the punch is, oh yeah, my uh, was it his grand my grandpa is a like a basically a shipping heir. Yeah, one on of the East biggest, Coast. one of the biggest importers on the East East Coast. Yeah, so Max grandfather's J.P. Morgan, basically. And he's everybody a Hearst. laughs. So he, yeah, it's Mac Hurst takes the lottery <laughs> ticket. And he's like, basically, he takes it because he doesn't need the money. He doesn't need the money. He need little boy blue. He needed the money. That's what I was waiting for. Uh, you can't then, don't don't set me up with the dice know, play because I'll. I'll we're right. We're through. in the thick of the dice dynasty. <laughs> uh, so Mac leaves, and Harry, and basically Mac takes the ticket, and he's going to call the gambling commission to verify that is in fact the winning ticket. Yeah. So Harry says, "You know, Mac, go call them. I need someone here right now." Uh, and and then, then Billy, with a like emo sort of emo anthem. So here's the thing. So what happens? Not not too bizarre in theory. Everybody leaves. They're they're doing their stuff, whatever. Billy and Harry are alone in chambers. And remember, Billy's new. Yeah. And Billy's basically like, you know, you don't want to do this. You're too nice. Like, you're a nice guy, so I know you're going to do this and say yes to this. And it'll be way too agonizing for you and way too much of a commitment and so on and so forth. Okay. That's fine. Hmm. But it really felt, and this is not the actor's fault, again, Billy, the character, felt so heavy-handed to me. All of a sudden, she's new, and all of a sudden, they're having, not intimate in a sexual way, but an intimate, friendly moment. And she's stepping in to be kind of the Lana voice of reason, which we know I didn't like Lana. No, this is a full-on but Lana line. But they at line. least owned the Lana being the kind of mother hen of, do you really want to do that? Because like, Lana was there before Harry. Exactly. It was very odd to me. Yeah. So she basically... I'm not happy with Billy. No. I want Liz. Yeah. Like, her. she has this angsty, emo-y, like, Harry, take the money and run because nice guys finish last. Yeah, she said, just remember, Harry, nice guys finish last. And it was it was very like how She's I was a speak to my defense attorney. It was how I would speak to my very close friends. Like I would not speak if I had no let's when I I would speak to Hans or Henning like this now, but when I just met them, if we were like kicking around, I wouldn't be like, Remember, Hans. Nice guys finish last. You need to buddy. get your head out of the gutter and quit buying pets. Yeah, like her, like it's too. If I was Harry, that was the joke, Hans. It's way too frank. You didn't laugh of a conversation. I thought it was funny. <laughs> Thank you. To but be because now it's in the air of awkward because it was the joke because they buy a lot of pets. They do. I know, but it was <laughs> fucking cut that out. <laughs> now I just see, and this is this is why I don't talk to your friends like that. <laughs> I was like, well, he didn't laugh, and now it's just rude. Like now I'm just now I'm just the harpy wife. Ashley, put your shirt on. Um No, I, I Casey, think take out your butt plug. Yeah. <laughs> uh I no, I agree. Like it's way too familiar of a conversation so to be having 
with a complete stranger. Yeah, and it's like a Harry, I know you. You're too nice. Right. Really? Do you know him? Do you know that? No, you don't. You don't. Sit down. So that advice doesn't stay. It should have been Dan advice. Yeah. But Dan already had, he was already chasing. Or it honestly could have been Mac. Like a man to man kind of like, yeah. hey, hey, dude, like, that's a lot of responsibility. Not like a whole Because Mac has the position of. I'm like, hell no, I wouldn't touch I'm that with a 10 I'm already. I'm rich already. I can, let me give you some advice. And then that makes that gag funnier because it's like, he talks like he's rich, but he's not rich yet so yeah nice guys finish last she gives that speech and then she leaves and then we then harry is like putting his law books back on the shelf and he has a moment of quiet to think about where he's at in his life what choices he's going to make and then we see like a little ratty jiggling of the door and it's the door behind his desk so it's not the door to the main hallway and it just cue the rumba (laughs) craven craven it's bernie al bernie craven was slinking around the gutters of the courthouse so Craven from the from the news rag. Yep. The uh, yellow journalist, as they called him later. Really? Which seems kind of spicy. That seems very spicy. Is does yellow reference something else? I think it I think it refers to the type of paper. Oh like okay. cheaper paper. Yeah. Like got yellow, it. gross it faded ages paper. Really like quickly. It's just cheap I, I would assume it's just a lower quality yeah. paper, which means like this salacious shit. But it sounds like it's a a slur towards the Asian people of the planet. Yeah, that's what that like. <laughs> I didn't hear them say that, but had no, I he, heard that, I would have been like, "Whoa, German no, it, Day Parade!" It's later in the episode that our favorite yellow journalist. It just goes in quick. Yeah, it's really quick. It's I, not like he's eating. I didn't get it. Eating with chopsticks or something. They're like our favorite yellow journalist. Do you know what I also don't get? As we've been doing this, I just got up to get water. Our cat in front of us puked on the rug yeah i didn't see it and but that i'm i'm assuming that he puked on the rug and then that's when he jumped up on us and started laying on me right after he puked on my new rug cat journalist again we only we only have one and he's the worst so who am i um and so craven's just looking for a story he says he's got nothing he's basically like Misery is a moneymaker. Come on, your your honor. I just need a story. A little sex, a little violence. Uh, and then he's like, his last story was a family in Hackensack. Grill's brother. <laughs> and the birdie laugh. Cannibal. They murdered their brother. Uh, and then he has a great line like, people in the city have knives. Why don't they use them? He's just on the hunt for a story. Uh, and then, uh, are we I have, I honestly, break? I'm, yeah, I'm pausing because I'm, I didn't mean to, to let you on your own limb. No. But essentially, I think it just, Harry's like, I, I, I got nothing. And then it blacks yeah. out because the next note I have is back in courtroom. Right. It's him with Bull. Yeah. And he has just sort of a wistful, like, well, uh, am I wise? You know, she, if do she, I have the right? Yeah. She may have been out of place, but it's, 
what Billy said would happen is happening. Yeah. And Harry's, you yeah. know. He poses the question to Bull, like, am I the right choice? Am I the wise person he thought? Which I really am think I... it was really a rhetorical question. Yeah, totally. Like, am I wise? Am I? Do I have the right? And Bull just goes, no. And walks away. Yep. Love it. So Bull is with us. Um. So then we have a case in front of us. Yep. And it's about um. We oh sorry. It's like a bike crash and a mugging or something. I got shit. you. I got you. So it's an assault. So a guy bent over to pick to pick up twenty dollars, mm. and this guy kicked him in the stomach. And so right. the the kicker to get the twenty bucks. The kicker is on trial for assault and he's yeah. got two arm casts and we also we do have a cut back to the gallows and leo is there yep so harry has this ticket leo is there so harry's and looking for someone to give money yeah to. so harry's like hey dude why'd you kick that guy we see that the guy has two arm casts and he's basically and and it goes on and on and on i'm gonna miss part of the drama of it because there was so much Essentially, this guy got hit, was in a car accident, has, you know, both of his arms in a cast, but then he had to go, you know, he got laid off, so he had to go to pay for the hospital bills. He went to the bank to get his, you know, his life's savings, Mm -hmm. and then he was on the was leaving the bank or whatever and something else hit him and all the money through flew all over the place and people were just picking it up off the ground like vultures and it's this poor like feeble little old man with casts and he so it's basically a sob story and you cut to leo and leo's looking at harry like this is a this is kind of the example that i was talking about like leo doesn't say anything it's a knowing nod though like Mm -hmm. this is this guy like a guy that's down on his luck the guy that has nothing left yeah brighten his day with this ticket that's what that's what harry needs to decide so basically harry's just like um you know wow that's crazy so you have nothing left and he was like exactly judge you know until tomorrow when the half a million dollars comes in from the insurance insurance so um, he's about to give it, and then he finds out he doesn't have to give it. Right. So that that was the whole point of that case, uh, yeah. a minor thing. But then Bull, <laughs> Bull goes to Soma and close talker again. Yeah, they got a close moment. He's right over. And he goes, "Quite a story, huh?" And she goes, "I laughed, I cried. It became a part of, of me." me. Which I Soma. don't know why they needed it. No. But I loved it, and I have no idea why they're having so many bizarre interactions between the two of them in this episode. But I, I'm not, I'm not going to complain. I think they have to keep checking in with Selma because when we find out at the end of the episode, she can't just be the inherent. I don't know. I thought it was a weird, funny line. But yeah, I agree. Like the, it was an odd cutaway. Yeah, it was. But continue. Uh, so as they're standing at the back of the courtroom, that's when Craven finds. Craven finds out that Harry is, in fact, the owner of this long lost. Yeah, so the guy from the gaming commission that they call, presumably, comes in 
says, like, I'm looking for Judge Stone. Craven's like, oh, he's over there. Court's almost finished. He was like, oh, I'm from the Gaming Commission. I'm here to verify the $3 million ticket that he's holding, you know, that someone gave to him. And so Craven is just... Mm -hmm. Craven, Craven is... He's got his story. Yeah. Though them them be his jugs. Yep. He found his jugs. He found his jugs story. life, and it's that story. Uh, and then we go to commercial, because when we come back, uh, we are in the hallway. We're not no. in the... No. No. No, because that's... The, Craven ran the story. No. So, they're in the back. So, Craven interrupts the court. And Craven goes, you know, judge, judge, judge. They're about to do the next case. Mm-hmm. And they're like, Craven, you got to stop. And he's just like, this guy's from the Gaming Commission. Mm-hmm. And Harry's like, okay, like, you know, recess. So the Gaming Commission guy and Craven and Dan and Billy and Mac and Bull and Selma are now all at the um, at the bench. Okay. And Harry's like, Craven, there's not a story here. You know, this guy has to take the ticket, inspect the ticket, you know, oh, right, pose yeah. this, that. And, and the, guy, the gaming commission guy's like, this baby's good. It's good. So Craven's like, I am out of here. So starts racing out of the courtroom and Harry's mm-hmm. like, Craven, could you stop? Could you please for, for one day, just please be a decent human being and not cause all of this chaos that's going to absolutely happen if you publish this yeah like just do the right thing this one time for us craven pause nah. Nah. and i love the 80s that an adult male nah. which i mean he nailed it yeah he he performed it to perfection but also just so such an 80s sitcom moment so then we go to commercial yeah and now we're in the hallway. Yes. Yeah. And it's we're back at Mary Mary Jo. Mm-hmm. Mary Jo Juggs. Mary Jo Juggs, yeah. And she's talking with Dan. And Dan Dan does not seem as enamored. Oh yeah, we're at the this is the next day. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So Because they, well the paper has to run the story. That's true, yeah. So Mary Jo's talking and she has this, oh, God, have we not done her voice yet? Oh, her voice, Casey. Cutie, cutie, It's dolly. very, like, Adelaide guys and dolls, like, I had fun last night. Yeah, totally. Like, yeah. super nails on a chalkboard. And she's like, I had so much fun listening to the Willie Nelson Overture. And Dan's like, it's William Tell. Which is a great pick, because it's... <laughs> I mean, I understand why they did it for the show. It's a well-known classic piece of music, but it's yeah. like the most dumb guy. Like, I like culture. Here, let's listen to the William Tell Overture. I know. Because well, I've seen it in they, a movie or a cartoon. Ansel Adams. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, Dan, it, it also just does give, like you said earlier in the episode, we get great insight into Dan. Doesn't wash his suits. Does no. play the lottery. But also has those quintessential things that a man of his age should just like music if you're a bro college student you have a black and white image of john belushi in a college College sweatshirt sweatshirt. uh and you've never seen the movie animal house like that (laughs) poster with the the naked girls backs that are all albums oh yeah like the pink floyd yeah yeah or like the evolution of beer 
Yeah. So yeah, Dan has the uh, the culture of a of a fucking Spencer Gifts. Yeah. So he has he has those equivalent things. So yeah, exactly. Like so that was perfect. And I just need to to cut to Mary Jo has a red dress that oh, yeah. literally because the cameras be still my heart were not the cameras were not as good in the eighties. Obviously, technology has improved. They went big with that bright of a dress because mm-hmm. it almost glows on those cameras. Oh, yeah. Like yeah, that video, no, early seriously, video like if because. It's just grainy, and also over the years, I'm sure whatever it's been captured on that you know before it went digital was grainy. So when we're watching it on Amazon, it's it's in Technicolor. Oh yeah, it's it's humming. Yeah, it's like radioactive. No, it really almost. is. So I mean, and honestly, damn, costume yeah. department nailed it because it's you can't miss it like it's just it's tits and ass oh it totally is and that's the whole scene is she's talking about how much fun she had with dan last night and he can't couldn't give more of a shit oh like he we see now that he is just like she despite all of her prose both of them her intellect is is a a different side to dan yeah. We've never seen He's horny. We've never seen but, a lady uh, that looked like that that Dan would kind of turn off. So she leaves and he has a line to Solomon. He goes, Oh good God. She makes Squiggy look like Buckminster Fuller. Buckminster Fuller. And then we so, have a great moment with him and Selma. Because Selma goes, I had a husband that was that dumb. So they just have a bonding moment with it. Okay. Their love of. Well, of, I I didn't I know who Buckminster Fuller is. Uh huh. But if we don't, he was like an architect and scientist. They said Squiggy, right? But I had to look up Squiggy. He's from Laverne and Shirley. Yes. He's a little guy. Come on, Lavoie. It's the guy with like the the widow's peak. It's not Michael McKeon. It's the little guy. It's no. It's the other guy. The guy. The le- the, the lesser yeah, famous yeah, yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That has been in other Come stuff. Come on, Lavoie. And played that. And so I I didn't get the reference. Obviously, yeah. with the name like Squiggy, I got the gist of what Dan was saying. But also, what I found really interesting is that at the time anybody would have gotten the squiggy oh yeah squiggy yeah like was, at the time it was written so it was very he was there, like the urkel yeah actually that's a really good way of saying it but i think my point is is that we're starting to see a little bit more pop culture references this season mm-hmm. last season honestly like with the exception of yeah being a little sexist the bathing suits being high the, you know the bimbo no, the, characters. There hasn't really been a direct reference. The references to the are time period rooted in the world, like right? Exactly. But this in this is taking season, place in this episode, for instance, that's the second one because they're here. Like that's a like that poltergeist one mm-hmm. nailed yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. But that's very pop culture at the time for us. It's you know cult flick that's true like poltergeist had to have just come out and was probably fucking huge at the time huge yeah like so those are two i mean that's kind of the equivalent of doing like a star wars gag but and it could very possibly be because we're watching it i hate to say it for the first time so late 
But you know what it reminded me of? Like, it's like, oh, this is kind of like if they would have gotten farther, like this could have been a community. Like, yeah, totally. It's that yeah. type of harmony hum- humor. Yeah. Like, but no, it's just funny to me that there were two references because I didn't get the squiggy one. So I didn't figure out until later how how on the nose in yeah. the moment that reference was. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. I think it's like we're seeing them take that, like, we need to make this show hip. I mean, it is a hip show, the fact that they're making reference. Yeah, no, I Which I don't really, know if a lot, like, a lot of shows at the time did. I still think that it was referencing pop culture or television when you're on a television show mm-hmm. was taboo for the majority. I honestly think Dan Harmon marketed it. Right, referencing. Like, well, if you think about because, it, I, I mean, which I think is absolutely brilliant, and I could be totally wrong, and I'm sure that people are going to be like, "Ashley, you're full of shit," and so on and so forth. Right, they did it but, in all in the family. But to the degree that he, that Dan Harmon does it, I really think that people straight away, you don't want to remind people watching a movie that they're watching a movie by referencing another movie. Right. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, like I remember watching Arachnophobia, and it being so funny where. There was a Family Ties episode on the television. Oh, sure. But that yeah. was used so you could see the spider coming down. It was something familiar that could be in your living room. Like, it was yeah. used for that horror content. It wasn't used for a pop culture reference. Yeah. Well, I will say it... Or in movies or TV shows, they would create pop culture references within that mm-hmm. show. Like, I'll even use The Simpsons as an example. Like, Krusty the Clown. Like, they're not referencing an actual something they're creating their own well and i was gonna say like the pop culture referential stuff was reserved for the lower art form which was animation looney tunes full sale all pop culture references like they use humphrey bogart they use peter laurie they reference movies of the time oh for real yeah i for those who don't know, I was not allowed to watch cartoons um, when I was little. So. I mean, they do their own thing, but like Bugs Bunny is just Groucho Marx and just doing impressions of people. Not all the time, but he leans into that and will make cultural references, which I would say, again, only it, it leans into The Simpsons. And The Simpsons didn't quite take off until they started doing that. Yeah. Until they started going, yes, The Simpsons you're watching exists in the time you're currently living i guess also south park right did it another cartoon that i don't watch because i don't really like cartoons so okay dan Harmon didn't coin it no no but he like he basically made an but he wrote an animated show and cast live action people in it i guess my point which i'll now have to backtrack a lot was that i found it very interesting that they were referencing another tv show but I think whether that it was on the same network or not, which I don't know, and to tell you the it truth, wasn't. I don't think it matters. It's a good reference. No, I think they were ABC, so it's a different network completely. Which just but is... it's so in that zeitgeist. If you say Squiggy, then anybody who you're talking to knows what you're talking no, about. No, and I think... even if you didn't watch the show, you know Squiggy. Like even if you didn't watch How I Met Your Mother, you knew that Neil, Neil Patrick Harris played like a Lothario. Yeah. No, but that's what I'm saying is that I feel like that's why Night Court had those legs because it was the water cooler show. 
that's how people you work Such with a water talk. Cooler show, yeah. Like you, you make that reference. Your friend would make that Actually, reference. Actually, how I talk at work is that I make those references, and then I get blank stares. Yeah. No, I referenced the movie Seven, and people go, "What?" We literally talked about that today. Yeah. I hummed the Beverly Hills Cop theme one time at work, and my coworkers were like, "What is that song?" And then I said, "Beverly Hills Cop." are you out of your mind? And they were like, what is that? Oh yeah. I've had someone tell me, I was like, like literally someone said that I made a reference to Goodfellas and someone went, what's that? And I went, Oh, the Goodfellas God. movie. And they went, Oh gross. That's an old movie. It's like, it's Goodfellas. Right. That's I know what it's old, but it's good. Children, which we do, man. I really wish I had a water cooler. Par- You're my water cooler. Partner. It is. That's pretty much. It's our cat is the audience. Why it gets it. Except he's deaf and blind. And puked on our floor while we were doing this. So Okay, so we had a long convo about Sorry. the history of television. But yes, so Dan makes a reference to Squiggy. We really need someone to rein us in. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Wyatt tried to. He puked and was like, this is disgusting. You guys are running long. We're, no, it's only an hour 15. Normally, we wouldn't be to the credits by now if we were with uh, Hans. So oh, now we're in the hallway and... Harry's getting ready to go in. We're getting references like it's Woodstock in there. It's the Bronx Zoo in there. It's like they're just building us up because the gallows are filled to the gills with the fucking scum of the earth. It's the Fellowship of the Ring. Saruman's making orcs in his pit and he's pouring them in to the fucking gallows today, baby. Yeah. And uh, Craven comes into the hallway Bull basically scares him off because he's the cause of all of this. Before he goes to the courtroom, Harry's in chambers. Billy kind of comes in and does the I told you so. They have yeah. a back and forth that annoys me, so I didn't write it down. Um, and then the phone rings. And Billy, who knows Harry so well, mm-hmm. answers Again. the phone and says, hey, it's your dad. Mm-hmm. Well, Casey Van Heel, that gave me great pause. Oh, yeah. Because I was like, did this writers, are we in season seven? Right, yeah. Or are we only one season away from where it was very well established that Harry's dad died disappointed in him? Yes, very much so. So I am about to spit on the floor, curse the writers room, and say that this is the worst show continuity wise ever, Mm -hmm. but then take it away. Uh, Harry grabs the phone and is like, "Uh uh-huh. Hey, Dad, how you doing? Oh, good, good. Glad to hear it. How you doing? Great. You sound great for being dead for 17 years, 22 years. So, yeah, and then he hangs up the phone. So we know that all the coups are out. So continuity is still still the same. The dramaturge on Night Court. But basically, we're we're preparing for Mm -hmm. a gallows like we've never seen it. And boy, howdy. Oh, yeah. Kick those doors open. We got... Kick the tires and light the fires, I mean, Big Daddy. I think they took this to heart, the the actual words on the Statue of Liberty. Give me your tired, your six, sick, your six. <laughs> your tired, your sick, and your Give huddled man. Give me your tired, your I'll six. take six of those. Uh, so we get them all. Like, it's comedically, as you would imagine, full of bandages 
isn't that comedic though because here's the thing you got the bandages you got the crutches you got the wheelchairs i'm digging all of that and you have a cacophony of moans but that's my problem what we could have done without is the fact that if you close your eyes it just sounded like a goddamn orgy because everybody's going uh yeah and they're extras they're not you know they're not getting their sag card for this so I'm sure that one person did it. Like it could have been the goddamn Walking Dead. Like mm-hmm. it was. They they needed to be quiet. I would have if I were the director. I would have given notes to like be be silent. So we have your just everyone clamoring, bloody bandages, people with canes, people with crutches, all moaning in unison. Another great Harry gag, and I'll give him I'll give him credit. He goes, uh, please rise. And Bull's wheeling a guy in a wheelchair, and the guy stands up bolt upright. Oh, great, great gag. And then the wheelchair guy literally doesn't have a line. The actor is amazing, realizes what he's done, kind of acknowledges it to himself, mm-hmm. just takes the wheelchair, walks out. Like, yeah. well, that that didn't work. And there was one reference. This one is full of, like, references. They may have got an infusion of young writers, but to cap off, as we were talking about, People in bandages, bloody, this just monotonous moan. The guy stands up, Bull kicks him out. Kind of the last person you see shambling into court is dressed like the Elephant Man from David Lynch's Elephant Man. Like the bag with the hole, and he's got the newsy cap and the old style coat, and he just saunters in. Like, and yeah, it's like cosplay. It definitely looked like his Halloween costume from the previous year. Yeah. Like, Absolutely. No, I forgot about that reference. You're absolutely right. So then we get to a court case. And then yeah, and Harry's like, got one know, more. And they're like, this woman had, huh? Sorry, Harry's got one more. Be seated or fall. Yeah. Wah, wah, wah. So we get to the court case and this woman is arrested for stealing cat food. And she's like, your honor, my husband and I have nothing to eat. And Harry was just like, uh, what do you mean? And she's like, we don't even have a cat. Mm-hmm. And he was like, then why didn't you just steal regular food? And she she looks a little paws. stumped and she yeah. was like, well, because and Harry cuts her off and says, because cat food is more pathetic. And she was like, yeah. And he's like, you know, 50 bucks. You owe 50 bucks. Get out of mm, here. Get out of here. You know, and then the, the gallows, you know, she's looking at the gallows like, oh, you think you can do better? Like, you know, blah, 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 blah. So it's these people purposely yeah. trying to plead to his totally to his emotions. And they're just getting more exaggerated. The next guy that comes in, which I think could have been punctuated by a bare butt cheek, is just a guy in I a smock. I think it definitely could have, but I don't think it could have on TV. I, I know, but it would have made it but yeah. for how silly this episode was. So the guy comes in with the, silly or stupid. the IV bags. It's blood, the fluid. He's a he's a crusty looking old dude. He's appealing to try and like, I want the money. I have six, six months have left six to months live. six months to live. He threw apart a, a hospital cafeteria. He's got an IV, a little gown. Dan is the, like, judge... The hospital has no record of this man being a patient, and he's just like, they don't know what they're doing over there, like, so on and so forth. I've had a rough life. I And then someone in the gallows is like, you think you had it rough? And he's like, I had it rough. My, I had rabid dogs as a pet. And, and then someone as chimes a guy, in. another guy comes in. With an eye in. patch, by the way. 
my dad gave me rocks and told me to name them. And he said, I never had a dad. At least you had one and so on and so. So then it becomes a back and forth and cacophony again of just uh, moans uh, and, and bitching yelling and, and back and forth. Harry stops everybody by, he's, by he, threatening to light the ticket on fire. Yeah, everybody gets quiet real fast. Harry's pissed. He was like, you know, I can't believe that. And there's a good bit, another good bit, like the wheelchair, mm. the most selfish, indulgent. And then he throws like a beanbag to a blind man. No, it's an man. apple. Oh, an apple to a blind man that catches it. And then he yeah. goes, transparent. Yep. acts of deception martin the, luther harry and the blind guy you know does the exact same thing as the wheelchair guy is like all right you and know busted I, I, sorry yeah, busted, leaves and harry gets down from on his mountain and gives gives another harry speech about because it wouldn't be a fucking episode right. without and as it. ashley said you are all pathetic you're all transparent you're kind of all liars you know what i'm gonna do yeah what I'm going to do, and he gives a speech about how he was given the ticket and he was deserving of dispensing the ticket to someone who needed it the most. To deserved which it the most. Deserved it the most. And like a good evangelist points right to Leo, who is still in the gallows, and he says, Leo, you are healed. Take this lottery ticket. You're the only one deserving of it. And Leo's like, no, I don't think so. And he's just like, Leo, you bestowed this, you know, responsibility to me. And it seems like, you know, you've spent your entire life giving back. Yeah. You know, it's time to give to yourself. Um, to which my first thought was, after seeing all this shit in the gallows, my first thought was the end of Batman Begins is fucking Arkham Island in the midst of the fear gas. <laughs> he gave $3 million, almost cash. You said, you to had an audible. dopiest, muppety-lookingest guy, and we've already proven everybody in this room wants this money enough to pretend to be sick. I was like, they're going to kill that dude. You actually said that out loud in the episode. You're like, that guy's going to die before he gets out of the building. Because, and we, this is a callback This to, is also 80s New York. Uh, he earlier. Died, he'd die this year in 2017 if that happened. Oh, no shit. Because we didn't yeah, earlier. Talk about a hat pin to the ear. Dan had a few jokes when Leo first approached the bench. Dan was like, they're crazy. At least we're armed. Yeah. So they've already established that, like, this court is horrifying. Good thing we have guns to protect ourselves. Harry just gave $3 million lottery ticket to this dopey, doughy old man. Yeah. It was, yeah, it's definitely a sitcom moment because in a in a real life drama, that guy would be dead. Like, we'd, we'd criminal intent that shit and he would be found in a dumpster two days later yeah. molding we, without, a, without a lottery without ticket. Or his underwear. And then we get a... Uh, <laughs> That's SBU. One more gag where... A, Someone in a neck brace and a wheelchair and a mohawk rolls in and goes, honk, honk. And Matt goes, money's gone. Slinks back out the door. Backwards. It was good. Uh, um, commercial break. Yeah. So that that's it for the Leo. That's it. Not really it, but we get for the moment. Commercial break. We cut back. Everybody's just hanging out, playing penny, penny poker. No. In judges' chambers. No. No. Oh, no, that was... I'm sorry. Cafeteria. Right. Cafeteria. Fox Patrol. 
Fo- Fox Patrol. Oh, for Fox's sake. Um, Dan, right? It's Dan. And yeah, Dan. Dan's with Mary Jo. Mary Jo is in another and Dan outfit. Does the unthinkable. He says, "It's not you. It's me." Dan dumps Mary Jo, um, in a very Dan way. He goes, "You're a." Looks at the the girls and he goes, "You're a very healthy girl." But I'm afraid even I need more than that. And right. she's like, like what? And he was like, language. language. Which Ooh. I thought was great. Yeah. Um, so she so stands she, up. He says, he, and he says, like, in a very nice Dan way, mm-hmm. you know, you are welcome to continue to shadow me at work, but I've got to cut this off outside of work. Like, you know, mm. it can just be that. And she goes, okay, like in that fucking annoying voice, like, yeah. I have some work to do. And she stands and up. She stands and she stands up and says, Whoa. bye. Whiny like that. Yep. And Dan, and he's, he's eye to eye. Eye level with the with the ladies. Stronger man than I, And Dan. he looks at the- Stronger man than I. I'll give you something Ashley, to look at. put your shirt on, please. <laughs> Take that pin out of your penis. <laughs> I'm just trying to think of the most awkward, like, embarrassing things you can do. Um, Stop shitting in that Tupperware, you creep. <laughs> start, start, Sorry. Stop Ashley, put your shirt on. <laughs> um, we're, Child Protective Service is never going to let Not us yet. Have this Not baby. yet. <laughs> uh, so Dan, Dan looks at the, the bosoms and says, bye, bye. Directly to the girls. And, uh, Mary Jo walks away. And then, much like Kaiser Soze, that walk straightens out. <laughs> Those boobs turn into piles of money, and you're like, who is this woman? So she goes up to Selma, and in a normal, normal voice, voice, not a high-pitched nails-on-a-chalkboard voice, very intelligent voice. Eloquently. Yes. She, she says, you know, thanks, Selma. Thanks for the heads up. Thank you for the heads up. It worked. After all of that, you know, I'm going to be able to get my work done and Dan's not going to bother me ever again. And Selma goes, my pleasure. Us foxes have to stick together. Us foxes have to stick together. And then old Mary Jo's walking out. And then from down the hallway... Pentimento. 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 He and just as, sang it to himself. As no, as we recall, Pentimento means that you now see something that was covered up. Gotcha. Bull so just goes. Bull finally. Found, I smell myself a Pentimento. Bull finally found a reason to use his word of the month. And he says it, and she says, again, very intelligently, that's one of my favorite words. Like, we've got some some Harvard-educated oh, yeah. She's a bright lovebirds over here. So, basically, they go back and forth, and she was like, you know, do you want to go out and talk over a cognac? And he was like, I would love that. And they both sound really intelligent and so on and so forth. So, they link arms and walk away. Thank Dan- God it's her place, not his. Dan's, yo. <laughs> It's just, oh, Bull. The confusing character of Bull. Um, Taking a neck on his cement slab of a couch. 
so Dan, <laughs> they're going to use the term neck. Let's sleep in a coffin. <laughs> Easy, put your shirt on. Um, so Dan sees them walking away, and Dan goes up to Selma and says, those two lunkheads deserve each other. Can't catch a break. It's so it's so good. It's so perfect. And I, it's good that, you know, once again, Bull has bested Dan, but yeah. Dan doesn't even know it. I love no. that he's not in on the joke. But that was the thing. I thought that he and her hooked up earlier, but which we find out now they did not, in fact, hook up. I thought Mary Jo and Dan hooked up after that first day. I don't think he could clo- seal the deal because of the, like, yeah. Right. The Willie Nelson overture. He was going too horny in it. Yeah. He's too... Um, but anyway, so cut to now, now we're, we're in chambers. Penny so now poker you can take it chambers. away. And uh, Harry, uh, what's her Nikki? What's her fucking name? Billy. Billy. <laughs> I don't care if I forget. Nikki. Nikki. Uh, Harry, Billy, and Mac are playing penny poker. Basically, Harry's like, sure, I'm happy to be, oh, you know, like, sure, I'm happy not to have to deal with all that money. My next bet's a penny. Right. So they're just playing poker, and then Mac outbets them by uh, five thousand. I raise you by five thousand, and they're like, "Ooh, fold." He's like, "Thanks, Grandpa." Yeah, it was a good. Like, it wasn't um, the best, but it was. It was cute. It was good. I liked it. And then, as then uh, Leo returns, Leo comes in with a Broadway sleaze to close out the show, and he's like, "Harry," and they're like, "How are you doing?" He's like, "I'm doing great." I found something to invest this $3 million in that will bring smiles to people and make everyone happy. He's like, I'm going to invest in a Broadway show because everybody loves going to the theater, which is, Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, that's philanthropic and kind of cute. And uh, the sleazy Broadway guy reveals, which I think this is a funny reference because they couldn't use it, but it's a Mussolini the musical, mm-hmm. which I th- it has to be a reference to the producers, which was all about them produce Zero well, Mustal and Gene Wilder producing Springtime for Hitler. It. No, it's called Mussolini the musical. No, it's not. Oh. It's Mussolini, a man and his music. Oh, a man and his music. So, which is good. Like, yeah. so it's just this off-putting. So. You're kind of like, okay. And yeah, no, I definitely think it's a nod. Mm-hmm. Um, so Arnie, this producer guy, goes, you know, we've got everything all set, ready mm-hmm. to go. All we need is the right guy for the lead role. And then Q, cool as a cucumber, probably just got laid, old bull Mallory Shannon. So Bull knocks on the door that in the doorway of Chambers and just goes, hello. And the guy rushes up to him and is like, tell me you, you can, can sing. sing. Which is, it was a hokey ending, but mm-hmm. you know what? It was, it was executed well for what it, for what the joke was. They nailed yeah. it. So it was a good, you know. And he had a bra hanging voice. out of his teeth, which I thought was funny. Casey, put your shirt back on. No. Uh, yeah, so that was the, then you cue the final, final music, and we were at the end of the episode. Uh, yeah, so that's the end of episode four. 
Uh, gavel bangs. I'm gonna go six, seven. Really? Six. I honestly, I was in a very good mood when I was watching this. If it was a bad day and I was tired, this motherfucker would have been a three. Like, this is quite possibly... Because even Bull's Baby was so bad, but it I yeah. still reference it all the time. We all do because it was so entertaining. This has nothing memorable in it. Oh, come on now. Like... <laughs> No, I mean, plot-wise, like, we will not remember any no. of the one-liners. We will not remember any of the things that happened. Like, nothing. We didn't learn anything new about a character. No, that's true. There wasn't a bit that happened that was like, that's just a good fucking bit. There wasn't any storyline. There wasn't a case that was interesting. There wasn't a development of relationship. There were a lot of cases, though. ton of cases. Nothing interesting. Like, yeah, I I think that this gave out of any episode, not season two, any episode. Yeah, this is that like we've watched thus far. This is the weakest because even a quote unquote worse episode has given us something for the future. This does absolutely nothing. Harry has a dad. <laughs> no, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. It has out. So I'm honestly. I'm going to give it a five and I will still, I am still going to hold up my eight for the first episode because the first episode of this season is mm-hmm. my favorite it's Night Court one. episode thus far. It's a good one. Yeah. I loved it. I have been so disappointed. And for this one, the bad stuff is all hack and it's not story. Yeah. So whereas I like that they've strayed away from number one, the Twilight Zony things, number two, the like really deep emotional storylines. If you're yeah. gonna do that, you gotta nail the jokes. And this was just a messy episode. But I got to crack one out while I watched it though. Yeah, I mean No, I you're right. I'll give it You I, look I like was... Drew Carey in the fucking mask when Cameron Diaz starts dancing. Drew Carey's in the mask? Jim. I was like, was Drew Carey like horny in the audience somewhere in the mask? That's what I was saying. Jim. Uh, Pregnancy brain. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, Ew. Ashley, put your shirt on and I will. <laughs> uh, no, I, yeah, you're right. And I always give myself shit for like being very generous and then going back and listening to old night courts. I'm not that generous. Like, I've given a lot of fives. <laughs> you really? Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to say episode four, give it a four. Four for four. Uh, okay, well, then I'll give it a four, too. No, you can't. You said five. Well, you said seven. I said six or seven. You said seven. Well, can we give it a four together? Because this was our episode without Hansi. If you put your shirt on, we can't. Yeah, no, I say four. Because I've given, stay. yeah, you're right. Like bull, I think I gave bull, bull's baby a five. This wasn't as good. I as think bull's I gave baby. it a six. But literally, we reference it. You reference the banana. True, that one today should deserve a higher rating. That if if bull brought Mary Jo home to his house, yeah. that would be horrible. That's twice in one episode. 
that you referenced in yeah. that episode. Because as you you as you pointed out, you're totally correct. It may not have been the best episode, but it added to the mythology. It added to the character. It pushed the story forward in some regard. And it was so fucking insane that it gave us far more content to comment on. This one, we just are re- reassured that Harry is a genius and he's the, <laughs> the best. wisest man. And Dan is horny, but not horny enough. And Bull is... I mean, Bull's going to get laid, so at least it, I'll give yeah, him Yeah, I do. I love what they did with Bull, but I like them bringing back. New. I give Bull a six. Oh, I, I'll give Bull a seven in this episode. I'll I give, give Mary Selma. Jo a 44. Yeah. D. Double D. <laughs> for delectably delightful. Cunts on demand. Cunts on demand. I'm telling you, toilet tape. <laughs> COD, if it's if that even exists I've got to find a different C word to use because I don't like that word, but that was just what pops into well, my head. That's why you, you can say it. You've been saying it all episode. Cats Acid tongue. on demand. Guns on demand. <laughs> I don't know. I know. That's why I did it you It sounds like an actual service that like you could get in like Taiwan or Probably. Thailand. Except they were men first. It has to be salacious. It's probably a goddamn channel that you have on here that I accidentally happened upon. When I was sitting on that glass table, <laughs> melting wax on my hard rock hard dick. <laughs> Kissing a musk melon. Why'd you cut a hole in that melon? I'm not having sex with it. I'm just kissing it. <laughs> The melons, the mouth. Oh my gosh! The ham carcasses. Yeah, the, but it irritated my the COD. Latex. Oh. All right. Well, we've wasted enough people's time. <laughs> I'm so excited to hear what Hans comments on. Yeah. <laughs> the night is long and full of weirdos. Tell me about and they're it. They're located in this right apartment. here. Casey, you have a good night. Court. Seriously, can you put your shirt on? There it was, case number 17, and what a case it was. Pick a number, baby, any number between one and three. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't. Um, wow, that was a special episode. Thank you so much. Uh, full-on crew. It was a beauty. With the waves a-lapping on the windows, because uh, we're on vacation. All right, all right, all right. Stop me. Let me speak, okay? So obviously, that was pre-recorded so I could enjoy my vacay in May. Nah. But I'm back, baby. And I had to listen to the app. And boy, are my ears and my heart burning. D.A. Ash. Call me Pet Hoarder? Hoarding pets? You don't know who wrote Too Legit to Quit? Think it was Vanilla Ice? Craziness! It's crazy! 
Put your shirt on. Casey, put your dingus away. Jeez. No, I'm kidding. But you did. Okay. <laughs> you did get the, uh, you got the, the doctor toilet uh, hanging on a flush. Um, all right. Uh, you guys covered Casey and Ash. I should say, I shouldn't really be talking directly to you two. <laughs> Because I'm talking to the listeners, which is dot, dot, dot. Uh, you guys hit so many great things. Let me see if I had anything to add on to you. Uh, I'm really surprised. I thought kind of everybody would recognize Cheswick, the actor who played Cheswick. I guess it was just a, a special crust of people that like any time one of those mental patients pops up in any movie they were like they were in a lot of things in the the 80s and like 90s I'm like oh that's that guy like the guy on the train and ghost that can move stuff with his fingers um creepy scene by the way uh let's see i tried to find the movie cod as ash so many times like to call it and i would so love to call this episode but i won't cunts on demand uh, I tried to find that movie everywhere. Couldn't find a trailer. Couldn't find anything. So yes, indeed, dudes, we have to have a toilets tape on it. Best joke of the episode might have been uh, the only person who knows that miniseries on Chad, John Adams is me, you, Hans, Paul Giamatti, and Tom Hanks. <laughs> uh, I love that. Uh, well done. Uh, ice, ice, doggy. I will be saying that a lot more in my life. Uh, many, many, I've already said how jealous of the, the Jingle Jugs jokes and the Dingle Dungs jokes, uh, and the sex with melon humor. Uh, I really liked it. As far as, let's see, um, yes, all right, I don't know if you guys mentioned this, this is like my only actual input, input to the episode, because you got, because Casey and Ash crushed it, uh, I think that... The whole, whoever the smartass who came up with, and smartass as a nice way, whoever the intelligent, you got an intellectual in the writer's room this episode, um, who's talking about Pimiento and uh, let's go have a cognac and, and wants to write on this higher level. The whole thing is set up. The whole, his name is Leo because the whole joke at the end is definitely, definitely a play on uh, Springtime for Hitler, Mussolini and the Man and His Music, and also... The guy's name is Leo, as in Leo Bloom, the rube played by Gene Wilder in uh, The Producers. So I think it was like all like an inside nod, like, I'm smart, I'm a theater guy, Mr. New York. You got your smarties in New York Night Court as well, man. Usually they're on the other side of the bench, but this time they're in the writer's room. As far as gavel bangs, Casey and Ash seem to settle on... Even Stevens, fours? Are those snake eyes? Meg, are fours snake eyes? No. <laughs> snake eyes are singles. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, even fours. Man, I'm there with you. I gotta say, you guys are... I'm telling you. These are... A five is not bad. Five is halfway. You gotta, you gotta have lows. You gotta have middle ground. Because there's only a way... There's only place to go is up. Could've, I could have gotten that out easier, but I couldn't. So, I don't think it's so wrong. Uh, that being said, this app did not uh, jingle my jug, as if if you know what I mean. Uh, it was not my favorite, so let's go fours across the board. Triple snake eyes, fours. Um, 
With that, I'm going to go out and buy another pet because I'm a sick pet hoarder, apparently. Unbelievable. Now back to me. Um, let's see. I love you guys so much. Uh, that, that that sound like my I was about to break? I love you guys so much. But we do uh, love the community. Uh, and if you're new and you like the podcast, just do us a favor and subscribe to it. It's free. So is downloading episodes. That helps us get hits. Rating an episode. Uh, I think they have a, a star review on uh, Apple Podcasts. I'm not sure about the other ones, but it's probably as simple a, a one to ten or a frowny face to smiley face. If you're on the spectrum at a doctor's office, uh, one of those ones on the corner you have to walk into on Manhattan because you don't have any insurance. Um, where was I? Oh, the best thing you can do. The best thing you can do is just listen and smile and be lovely. But it would also be very great if you uh, write a review, whatever it is, you know, uh, preferably a, a nice one. But if you didn't like it, write a bad one. Either way, that type of back and forth uh, lets uh, the podcast platforms uh, let people know that they're engaging and helps other people to find the podcast. And we certainly love that because we certainly love doing it. Um, so that's it. Have a good night, Court. We love you and there's nothing you can do about it, which is from our other podcast, Jerk Practice, at Jerk Practice Pod, jerkpractice.com. Bang, bang, bang the gavel. Night court. How about maybe after work you come up to my place and we can uh, browse through my Ensel Adams prints. You like Ensel Adams? Second president of the United States, right? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you know, a lot of people get those two mixed up. Ho, uh. oh, oh, ho, me so horny. Ho, oh, oh, ho, me so horny. Lady big boobs talking president talk. Me so ho, 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 horny. Keep it at night court. <laughs>